on this episode of the KMJ Show, listen to our most original recordings talking about what college football may look like in the fall and some live sporting events that have occurred since COVID-19 started. We thank all of those that have been listening to the first episode, and we appreciate the feedback that we've received so far. Remember, follow us on Twitter at KMJ underscore show. Again, follow us on Twitter at KMJ underscore show, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your Memorial Day weekend. This, this, this is the KMJ Show. Uh, get into our, our first topic of the day, and that is college football, and what will that look like come the fall? Will it even be something? Um, a lot of things to, to think about and discuss here. So um, we'll start off with, with our, our resident Ohio State fanatic, Jim. What, do you, what are you thinking about college football in the fall? What's, what's it going to look like? I mean, I think the general college atmosphere is people. You know, you don't wake up in the morning and go, I'm going to go to a college football game and sit there and watch just the game. You're going for the atmosphere. So you start your day with, I'm going to go to a tailgate. I'm going to go to, you know, the pregame festivities. And all that requires people. So I think, what is that going to look like? You know, even with social distancing and maybe your college football themed masks and all your precautions, like it's going to take the life out of, college football a little bit and to me that needs ironed out first like if we're only going to limit half the stadium or even let's put 25 percent of the stadium in there is that college football is that am I going to go for that like am I going to pay the exorbitant amount of money for college football tickets to sit in an empty row and just sit there and watch a game I can do that from home so I don't know. To me, I, you're going to have to really instill confidence for me to pay money for that. Well, who's, and then you, you start diving into like the deeper topics of who's going to make that decision and who's right. allowed to make that decision. Is it going to be the conference? Is it going to be the school? Is it going to be the state? Like, right. which one are you, is going to dictate that? And yeah, as you said, as a normal fan, most likely if it's going to be a half empty stadium, I'm not going to go. I think with your, general college age students where they can they've already shown that they want to not listen to policy and and what the states are saying and they're out partying right now and not practicing social distancing and you're saying they can't go and have a couple of beers and enjoy football they're going to stay at home and get drunk and enjoy all that go ahead no go ahead so to your point if i'm a college kid and i can go and I can drink at a college football game, but they've limited me to you can't tailgate, but you can drink inside the stadium. Am I still going? Am I pre-gaming and then going to the, to the game? Absolutely not. I mean, because what, 50% of the population is under the age of 21, most likely. Right. They do all their pre-gaming in the lots before they go into the game. So I just – Unless it's fully open, I don't think you're going to get the 100% attendance if it's still 50% capacity. You know what I mean? Right. It'll be your older crowd who are diehards and are still used to the tradition. But even in that respect, those people, will they be able to bring their campers and like 
go for like the entire weekend like they have for the past 20 years they may not be allowed to do that and are they then not going to do it because they're not going to if they can't park in you know the lot in the field at Penn State and then go walk over to the game is it worth it to them so I mean generally it may be the same answer for both the 20 year old and the 60 year old yeah I think that we're you're looking at the population that would even be able to attend so are are the class or the universities while football may still be going on are the universities open normally do they have all of those students even on campus or is there some type of hybrid learning environment where you only have you know a, a smaller percentage of the normal students that are around even able to be on campus to go to a game as they normally would um, so you're looking at just the general population does that mean that student ticket sales go down especially at those large universities where that makes up a large percentage of attendance. Um, and beyond that, students just being there. The other question is, for those that don't bring campers and just traveling for a weekend and get a hotel, or the hotels operating normally, is there, yeah. is there housing available? You know, you can still do, I'm sure, Airbnb, but even then, are there different considerations that are going on in the housing market? Um, and that's something that, number one, I have no idea if that is a current consideration or are Airbnbs and everything still being rented out as they normally would? Um, what are hotels yeah. doing? So you gotta, you have to have people that are able to get there and two, or what's the willing population to, to put themselves in whatever harm's way could be there. Um, and yeah. a lot of that does come down to what, what the guidance is from the federal government, the state government, and in this case, the NCAA, what's the NCAA saying? Are they saying refer to your state state guidelines so uh, the, i like to go down to the very minuscule level of like when i go grocery shopping i'm real nervous of like i'm one of those weirdos that like i clorox wipe my stuff when i bring it in the house so when i go to a football game i'm gonna feel real weird about oh i'll have my hot chocolate and my hot dog like i'm gonna feel weird buying it from the vendor or like when I go to the merch stand at anything, I'm, this is across the board, like concerts and stuff, I'm not going to the merch stand. So the economic impact of these events is going to be hard for these universities on that level, that micro level, let alone ticket sales and stuff. It's just going to be weird. And then like, and I talked to Kate about this and her, and her position at the college, like are they going to have sanitation at every aisle of the stadium so i can clean my seat are they going to have like what does the logistics look like for that it's a lot of cost for these universities at, to hold these games at the at, but then you take a step back and you're like if you're willing to let these kids go on a field be in a locker room a hundred of them together you're going to let them be in the locker room and practice and play this game but we're going to curb everybody else from coming in. Like if I was a peer student and I sat with that football player in my marketing 202 class and we all have to sit there and do class together, even though we may practice social distancing, but they're practicing and they're going on that field. Why are you restricting me in the, in the stands? Because I can test a hundred football kids. My medical facility. Agreed. Those kids. Correct. And we're going to spend the money Thank to you. test those kids. I guarantee it. Yeah, how often what? are you testing them though? Like, yeah. what's what's that? Standard? Probably White House level, probably White <laughs> House level testing. I guarantee the college, the big colleges, Ohio State, Bama, 
They'll probably be tested just as much as Trump, if I had to guess. Not to get what political, but these football programs are probably generating more revenue than the federal government right now. True. <laughs> you're, you're right. You're right. But what about then, like, your Rutgers, who's going to sit there and not probably be able to play because they're in – I know, correct, they can't play in the normal season anyway. But, like, <laughs> but like they're in New Jersey. They're closer to New York. Like, obviously, a whole lot more going on there is, like, Penn State and Ohio State and everybody else in the Big Ten they saying, like, bye, you don't show up for the season because that's your college's choice. Like, sucks to suck. Well, that's another great point. Does Ohio State play a Rutgers? I wouldn't. Well, that's I wouldn't a, play that's, Rutgers. Yeah, that's a conference decision when you think of that end. If if the NCAA is saying you can play your schedule as it is as it is there, and Big Ten says, well, yeah, they're saying you can play it, but each school individually decides how they're going to operate within their schedule, and you have to play six Big Ten games to qualify for any postseason play if there's any issues. Like, it's it's just it, – that's why it's going to have to be an NCAA-related trickle-down because without, without saying you will play, these are the guidelines for which you will play by, then what, what realistic option is there? But then can the NCAA create that opportunity given each state is going to have different guidelines? Is it even possible? That's, I would not. I'm sorry. I would not play a hotbed area team if I was, if I was a safe area team. If you paid me, like, there's no way I would not play. Like, if I'm Ohio State, get rid of any New Jersey team or New York team. I'm not. Yeah, playing. you're getting rid of Boston College, Syracuse, all that stuff. Yep. But but realistically, as Ohio State or Penn State, I'd be like, good. I don't want to play you. I'm going to schedule an SEC team and make more money. Right. <laughs> yeah. Let's make the TV money. Let's make the, even if we're at 50% capacity, if you're saying I'm in control of my own schedule, I will book someone else who's in a safe spot who may give me more money anyway than Rutgers, which could even be like a North Dakota state, even though they're not yeah. even like yeah. that level. Like, okay, they're one step down, but they may bring more money and probably safer anyway. And so then do we see a reshaping of college football where colleges fall off the map and now D1 is all powerhouses and D2 is Rutgers? I don't know if it's D2 at that point. That's like one double A or whatever the it's called. <laughs> after the virus gets done with you and after you've had your season disrupted and all the sales, I mean, it might be Muff. Who knows? It could be. None of us are going to know what this looks like until next, until August. That's it. Or September, That's it. to be honest. Um, which is an interesting thing to consider because California just passed legislation that the, the state schools in the Division Two level will not be hosting games, um, which is already filtering in the discussion of the um, – USC Alabama game, which is supposed to take place on September 5th, is is that going to be in jeopardy? Granted, it's not a conference game, but it could potentially have some some championship implications, at least, you know, in that first week, whenever you over sensationalize every matchup that's not Division One versus Division Two or one double A team. Um, it's it's interesting to to think about. We we've made the assumption here that there will be football, but um, you know, 
we may have to reassess that <laughs> assumption as time goes on, depending on the, yeah. the decisions that are made, um, even legislatively, which is something that the NCAA can't even really circumvent in the end with all their money yep. and their power. So. so let's clarify this. They've said D2 in California, but not D1. Correct. Writing's on the wall, Kate. Let's be real. That's, that's uh, like... It's one of those, it's so dumb. Like, you're going to say D2 can't, but D1 can, or we're going to wait to say D1 or D whatever. They, We're not waiting. I don't know. D1, it's just one of those, why? D1 makes money. They don't want to allocate state funds to the D1 schools. Let them make their own money with college football. Mm-hmm. There we go. And is this the, is after this, after this summer, after this year, is at the time whenever the the super schools come together and be like, well, NCAA, it's been nice knowing you, but we're going to do our own thing on the side here. Sorry for, we've, we're done making money for you. Let's make money for our, even more money for ourselves. It's independent baseball. Exactly. Yes. I'm going to ask you a question and give you my answer to the question. How about that? Okay. Free ticket to a game <laughs> close to you. Okay. So Penn State, Kate, Morgantown, or any – any game you want to go to, college football game, do you go? I'm going. I'm going given, to go to an I'm Iowa given a free game. ticket of my choice. Yes. I understand the concerns and the fears. I am well aware. I am going to go. Without my family, I'm going to go with somebody who's willing to go with me, not my wife, because, you know, somebody's got to be here for the kids, but I am going. <laughs> it's a very doom and gloom situation you've posed there. I'm, I'm willing right. to go with somebody else who's willing to die is pretty much what you've posed. Somebody who's willing to get the virus. How about you guys? I mean, I think I think you two know me well enough to understand that I'm taking that opportunity and I'm just bringing a jar full of dirt and <laughs> a, uh, a bottle of, a bottle of Tussin off the bottom shelf at Walmart. So, um, All right. so I'll, I'll, bra I'll brave those elements. What's that? You're you're my guy for football. Exactly. I'm I'm okay. I'm willing to go, but <laughs> realize that I'm not probably not going to be wearing a mask if it's not required, and um, I'm not going to sanitize my seat. So, <laughs> is what it is, buddy. Okay. Kate. Yeah, I mean, same here. I mean, I can't say if I was in a different situation, but I live with Justin. I'm working from home. I, I, like we're not high risk and I don't see anybody who's high risk like like me personally like anybody who's autoimmune or of an older population so like for me to go it's not that big of a deal because I know I'm coming back to a, a situation where it would still just be me and Justin and we're both fairly healthy younger adults still so um I would go uh Justin's technically already told us all of this he's like listen if Atlanta is still happening for FSU and WVU, we may go. I'm like, okay. Because <laughs> at first it was like, oh, we'll go to like one game this year. And now it's like, because we've been cooped up. He's like, this happens. We may go to more than one. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'd definitely go because I don't know of my situation. If I was maybe not as healthy, maybe I'd re reevaluate, but yeah. What about, this is just, um, I'm doing exactly what I didn't want Jim to do. Uh, <laughs> but this is September, Kate. 
you're you're back in a setting where you're exposing exposed to a whole bunch of other people and meeting with people normally and it's not just you and Justin that you're coming back to you're actually now going to be responsible to a larger population that will come in contact with you day to day does that change your decision no because i think now with the technology we have and what the past two months have shown us is that i can easily transition meetings with students and say hey um just so that you know i was out of state this past weekend if you'd like to come meet with me in person i'm still here if not let's do this via zoom you know what i mean like i think what we what i've learned is that a lot of stuff that yeah it makes it uncomfortable and sometimes weird to have conversations via zoom on some more serious topics but it's doable it's normal um it's just the fact that they're just not walking up into the office it's they actually have to plan to get on their computer or phone so to me no it's just me being transparent in the fact that i went to this just like if i decided to go home to new york in like august for my nephew's birthday then i would have to be very transparent and say if we were at the office um in person maybe i'm like well i was in new york guys i'm gonna zoom on in and no one will probably say anything to me which i think one is great um but that's just me being me and then just transparent so that if somebody doesn't want to come in contact with me they, they have that choice too in my situation unfortunately and fortunately i guess um i would have to go to a game within state i can't leave I can't leave the state because if I leave the state in my work situation, I have to quarantine for 14 days. It's been mandated via work that if I, if I leave the state and that's currently, if I leave the state, I have to quarantine for 14 days. Is that, is that a, you said that's work related or is that, that uh, is filtered down through old governor D wine? Um, that's a good question, Muff. I should probably look into that, but I was told via work that that's what I have to do. And that well, any time where you work in the police state that they've provided to you, but correct. Well, we'll um, leave that be. But at this but, time though, not necessarily in September. Correct. It may change. Yeah. It may change. Um, but, and if I do take that time off quarantine, it has to be PTO time. Hmm. Yeah. which is but my place of business where i work if i do catch the virus that's paid time off so it, it, right. my place of business is very nice i know i don't want to disparage yeah. my work no nah, I, I was just i was making a statement that was sensationalized right right all right well we've got some some great thoughts on the the potential of college football and what that could look like and some of our thoughts, concerns, and uh, our willingness to expose ourselves to other people. I think we all said we'd take the football ticket. So um, bring your dirt, bring your tussing. Let's have at it. Kate wasn't available for this segment. So listen as Jim and Muff chatted up about some of the live sporting events that first took place after COVID-19. So the UFC live sporting events, there yeah. have only been, I don't know, two that I know of live sporting events at this point that have happened inside the United States. Um, one of which was the UFC matches that occurred last weekend. Um, and the other is a much less talked about, but still happened, 
and that was the American Cornhole Championship event um, that was aired on ESPN um, this past weekend as well. Not that I'd think that the Cornhole Championship was not exciting, but we're going to focus on the UFC for now. Um, so basically the UFC said, hey, Florida, we're going to do this. You on board? Florida said, yeah, sure, let's do this. And Okay. And then, and then things happened. So, Jim, right. talk about so, it. So there's a lot of backstory, I think backstory, and I'll probably get this smashed, but there's a lot of backstory to all this, okay? Um, number one, while sporting event, in quotes, is true that those are the two sporting events, even though you just said cornhole, I guess, but well, pro well, wrestling. You, you, it's a lot of hand-eye coordination. It's correct. Like, it's like baseball except for they don't have to hit it when they throw it. Correct. 50% pro, of pro wrestling has been doing events nonstop. They didn't miss a beat. Okay. Um, and there's two organizations, WWE slash F, depending on how old you are, um, and AEW, which is owned by Tony Khan, who is the son of Jaguars owner Shad Khan. Um, and they own the Daily Place, which is in Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. Um, and then WWE owns a performance center in Tampa, Florida. Yes, Tampa, Florida. Um, the governor of Florida labeled professional wrestling essential. Okay. So they were live, they never stopped. Now they did not have an audience. Right. But they, they kept going. Um, AEW had a little struggle. They went to a undisclosed area. I think it was Atlanta, Georgia, one of their facilities. But regardless, they had an audience, and Florida was very wishy-washy on the rules because – and we can get into politics of it. But regardless, they were live, okay? Um, so then UFC, while AEW and WWE were doing their thing – Dana White said he's not canceling anything. He's going to do these events. He's the um, ultimate promoter. Right. And he tried and he tried and he tried. Um, and finally, I think it was Las Vegas. I don't know where he, I'm pretty sure it was Las Vegas. Whoever it was, it's odd that it's Las Vegas because Las Vegas is, regardless, whatever state he was in was like, listen, Dana, no, buddy. Like, you're going to have to cancel this one. We're not backing you on this one. So he canceled it. But then he came up. He's been pushing this idea for a fight island. Right. Where, right. where he's going to build this private island, which to me, that's a whole other backstory. But I wanted to mention fight island on this so we can get to it later down the road. But back to the topic at hand. So he ends up holding a similar no audience event as the pro wrestling in Florida. Okay. Now, I did not watch these fights, but I saw clips of these fights, and I've read some of the things that happened in these fights. Um, pretty good fights from what I hear. Yeah, pretty I've, good I've, fights. I've, all, I've, all I've heard about them is that it was actually a, a good card to watch. There, wasn't, there was not massive, a lot of downtime, and there was good action. Massive knockouts. Some things that I want highlighted was the analysis by Daniel Cormier and some of the other analysis could be heard by the fighters. Mm. 
And so they were changing things up. According to Daniel Cormier, his talking affected the fights, is what he thinks. Of course I he think thinks is, that. He's Daniel right, Cormier. <laughs> right. I found that to be hilarious that Daniel Cormier thinks that. That's um, like, that would be like Tony Romo in Monday Night Football saying, oh, they, they heard my analysis of that Spider 2 fly banana that Gruden put out there, and they decided to change it up. So. That is an excellent comparison, Tony Romo and Daniel Cormier. That is, that is probably the best analysis I've heard, Buff. That is great. Um, but to fight in front of no fans is weird to me. Even with, with pro wrestling, it was all very weird to me. The echoes, the, the emptiness, I did not like it. I saw clips from the UFC thing. I did, yes, fantastic fights, great performances. It made me realize the state of the world, so it was not entertaining. Got it. Now, <clears throat> the first thing that I saw, aside from just some of the general um, fight recaps and some of those clips that I'm sure you see, we saw the same ones, was the first thing that I saw actually go hot with this whole thing was <clears throat> that Joe Rogan was in the ring interviewing people after the fight from two feet away like he normally would be with his microphone whenever it was stipulated before any of these started that that would not happen. So either Joe Rogan went rogue or they had decided from the beginning that nothing like that was going to change and just thumb their nose at whatever these regulations and procedures were. I think both of those is, are possible, or both things happen. Yeah. Quite frankly, I think Joe Rogan gives no craps. I don't know if we're going hot with the cursing yet on this lovely podcast, um, but I don't think he cares when he's in the moment. I think Joe is Joe. Um, but I also think Dana is, I'm going to do what I want. So I think he's like, we're going to do what we usually do. I think Dana, if Dana could have packed the house that night, he would have. Dana's blatant disregard for the situation is very, very evident. Yeah. Um, I think it's nice that, like, we had something to watch. I miss sports so bad. Like, I don't know how many times I've told my wife, like, I miss sports. Um, but I did, not like, I did not like the empty thing. It made me very sad. I'm just be real blunt. Like, like, this is the world we're living in. So. No, there's no, there's no hype game to it. Like, there's not. There's, it's one of those like if say the NCAA basketball basketball tournament did happen in empty stadiums, I, this would not be provable in any way. But I have a good feeling that the underdogs would have fared worse than they have in years past because they wouldn't have the the yeah. fan the fan backing if they started on a run. Um, I, I feel like the, the favorites and the the thoroughbreds would easily run over them because there would be no emotional impact. And that's a great point. And I know we don't have Kate here for this segment, but um, to go back to our previous segment, like about empty stadiums and the state of college football, I wonder if we have a reduced crowd in places like the horseshoe or Penn state with the whiteouts, um, what that will feel like to teams. Can you imagine playing Ohio state Michigan with a crowd that's cut in half? I mean, I understand it's a rivalry, but it's still going to have some kind of impact. Not only that, but like visitor visiting team tickets are those just eliminated? Yeah. So either you get do? you get the ticket or you don't get the ticket. There's no extra extra incentive or ability to to get that visiting team ticket. Wow. 
yeah the secondary yeah. ticket market could be crazy i didn't even think about that muff till you said that about the ncaa tournament that that's that's impressive i don't i didn't think about that at all i don't know that's it's a weird time we're living in i will say that much that that is it's it's hard to comprehend and i know everyone's like oh i want sports back and i, I want to see this i mean i'm guilty of it just the same but to come back without a cure for this virus is a it's a big undertaking for anybody and i don't know i don't know how that looks i'm glad it's not me making that decision on the decisions that will have to be made in the next couple months yeah it's gonna be gonna be pretty crazy and i can see how california said no d2 school will have sporting events that's that's a nice easy and i i say easy because it's I'm forgetting that they're looking out for lives, so I apologize. But that's a real easy decision because you don't have to deal with all the ins and outs of it. Like, I don't have to deal with vendors or tickets or, or the logistics of it. I can just say, no, we're saving lives, and I'm done. Like, there's no, there's no more questions to be asked when you just say, nope, it's not happening. Correct. Correct. So, um, correct. It's it's the it's the the feeling of normalcy versus the the responsibility to the population of which you're responsible. And that's, it's an, not an enviable position. I was, I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. I do not envy any of them. Any of them. Um, so, yeah, back to the UFC. They had some stuff. It was apparently entertaining, but yeah. not the same. It's no. Not the same. I'm interested to see where the fight island idea goes um there was some great trash trash talk on the twitter machine um Mm -hmm. connor and connor and nate went back at it on the old twitter machine nate diaz yeah Um, diaz brothers i could see that becoming the fight island mega card you know if they had a fight island connor and nate on fight island could bring us all out of quarantine i think you know what i mean i can bet that people would travel there if they could that's yeah that's the rumble in the jungle for our generation i think you know because it would be on an island you know get it got it you didn't react muff i did not I don't no know. reaction maybe they're so gonna, cold muff. maybe they're just gonna buy an island from joe francis who knows yeah yeah i think it'd be cool those you don't know who Joe Francis is, it's not PG material, but you can look it up. If you don't know who Joe Francis is, you were born too young. And you should not watch further ep- or listen to further episodes of our podcast. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> the references <laughs> that which will be made will will be lost on you. So right, right. <laughs> go go Google it. <laughs> Put it in the Google machine. But-